Master Bowman podcast. If you're obsessed with the strategies, gear, and stories that will make you a better backcountry bow hunter, you're in the right place. We're independent, unsponsored, and unbiased, so we can cut the fluff and give you detailed advice on what really works and what doesn't. Today, Josh and I are talking about one of the most important aspects of elk hunting, the mental game. We'll cover everything from the learning mindset to reframing bad events, visualization, how you should prepare, basically everything we've learned about hunting and in life to make you a more successful hunter. Dang, did you just come up with that on the spot? That was a perfect intro. Yeah, I think that's good. I think that's a good one. <laughs> I should just keep this part in. <laughs> <laughs> Why not, right? Yeah. Oh, man. The mental game. The mental game, Josh. We're talking about the mental game today. How's your mental game going these days? Oh, this is, I was so excited. I know I say this like so many times, but <laughs> I was especially excited about this one because I had just finished uh, my second book on the mental game. The first one I read was called The Inner Game of Tennis. I don't play mm -hmm. tennis at all, but it was really fascinating. Second one was called The Mindful Athlete by uh, George Mumford, who actually coached the Chicago Bulls on how to meditate and like stay mindful during the games. Mm -hmm. And I've uh, read them both for the second time now. Super interesting. Um, and then another one I got recommended by a podcast, uh, Chris B., the pro archery shooter hunter guy. He recommended a book called With Winning in Mind by... Uh, Lanny Bassam. I, yep, I read that one actually. It's a great Oh, you book. did. Okay, and Navy cool. SEALs used that one uh, for a while actually. Yeah. So I was listening to podcasts where they interviewed Lanny and oh, just amazing stuff. So I've been getting really obsessed with using some of their techniques and paying attention to it during my archery practice. Yeah. We'll have to link those out in the, uh, the show notes below, right? You guys can click into that. They're all, all good reads. I've heard from multiple people that each of those is a good one. Mm -hmm. um, and this is, I think the coolest thing about this podcast is it's not, I mean, this is elk hunting, right? This is all hunting and even up leveling it. It's like life, right? These are all things that, uh, that are just so, so impactful. And I, and I think on my end, if I could say one thing to guys, it's that you can have the most perfect gear set up. You can have the most perfect fitness. You can have all these different things, but you are going to be presented with some really intense moments in the backcountry. And this, mm -hmm. I will take someone who's a little underprepared on the gear side, but overprepared on the mental side every day of the week. Um, and you've got, I mean, you've got different guys that are like hundred percent mental or hundred percent gear and neither is great. You kind of need both, but man, the mental game, you, you just can't miss it. Yeah, my old sale, my first sales manager uh, back in the Cutco days where I was selling knives, he used to always say that success is 80% psychology and 20% mechanics mm -hmm. and it, that it all starts in the head. Yeah. But the funny thing is a lot of the things we learn are like so mechanics focused and not, not a lot of people, even in sports, not a lot of people talk about mental training and the mental game, which I'm so happy we're talking about today. Yeah, no, totally. And I think, I think form follows function too, that you, they build on each other. Everyone views them as separate. But for me, uh, when I'm planning, I'm putting a kill kit together. I'm going to kill an elk. I'm going to need it. Right. I'm thinking mm -hmm. about tactics to make the shot because I'm going to shoot it. And how am I going to track it? And then I'm like tweaking my gear because I need to be lighter to get into that area. And like you, they're going to build on each other. Right. And so I think mm -hmm. it's pretty rare. You see someone you know, his point, it is quote unquote, 80% mental, but you're never going to see someone who's incredibly well prepared mentally that hasn't, has just left everything out because they right. go together. Right. Yeah. Um, and so I, yeah, true. The mind is where it all starts because that's where all action begins, but action feeds back. So, and right. you, I mean, you're talking a little bit about your background in sales and Josh is not going to toot his own horn, but he was one of the, one of the top guys at Cutco. He's a phenomenal salesman uh, by training. 
uh, but what you did, so what other things from that have you taken away for, from and like learn about the mental game? Yeah, the first is uh, another book, actually. <laughs> Can people tell I'm pretty nerdy now? Uh, <laughs> it's a book, book, book called The Practicing Mind by Thomas Stirner. Mm-hmm. And of the three that I listed off so far, that would probably be the one I'd recommend to start with just because it's super easy to read. It's short. Uh, audiobook is great too. I've read it. That's the only book I've read more than 10 times. And uh, it talks all about being process-oriented rather than results-oriented. And that Mm -hmm. plays in sales because if you keep focusing on the result, like you're going to just ride an emotional roller coaster. Every time you get a sale, you'll be up high. Every time you get a no-sell, you'll think you're the most inadequate salesperson ever. Mm -hmm. And you're just riding this emotional roller coaster rather than realizing that every single appointment you do, every conversation you have, you're just getting better. And what are the lessons we learn? So... Yep. That, that was a start from the professional world. And then you, you learn those same skills in, in life and in sports where like, yeah. you focus too much on the result. You try too hard and you know, you miss that 10 ring. So that's uh that's a heck of a good segue into, into the learning mindset, right. Which we've talked about so much here. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I think that's, that's exactly what that is. There's a lot of different terms for it. Uh, right? The guy's called learning mindset, winning in mind, process orientation, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I think that's the most most important side of the mental game for me with Elk when I flip that switch. Because um, as you just said, when you frame the result as the thing, you're, you're going to do stuff along the way that's not going to be productive, mm-hmm. right? So if you're like, I have to kill an elk, I, don't get me wrong. You want to have that in, in your head because you're going to need that motivation, but if you just focus on that, you're like, at least I did. And I, I would, I'm hoping this experience resonates with other guys. You, you miss a lot of the details. And like you said, you can get into a mentally difficult place really quick if you don't see any path to that happening. Mm-hmm. And so it's a lot. I mean, I think that's the interesting thing about process orientation is by not focusing on the thing you want, you actually end up getting it a little <laughs> bit easier. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's what he talked about. I was like an analogy you use is if you're swimming across a lake and you need to get to like this flagpole, let's say, but you just keep your head up staring at the flagpole the whole time. Like it's, you're not going to swim very well. So instead you keep your head down, you focus on each perfect stroke, just one at a time. And then every now and then you pop your head up to make sure you're headed in the right direction. Yeah. So use like the goal as like a uh, direction. And then you focus day, day to day on like each stroke or each step at a time the details right and that's right. that's uh you know i think if guys listen to these podcasts or look at my articles they're gonna go holy you know like this guy's way too much free time or he's way too enamored with detail mm-hmm. but i think that's what i'd like to tell folks if i meet them the first time it's not that yes that is part of my personality and josh you know that but it's also that when i am out there hunting i'm 100 focused on the moment and the process Right. Um, and design everything I do to be there. And I think when you like to put a really good example on elk hunting for what we're talking about, um, watching the small things, like if you're like, I got to kill an elk, I got to kill an elk. The first thing you're doing is just trying to move fast to find them. Right. Mm-hmm. And you might miss a lot of the things we're talking about earlier, the sign, the small signals, you might not stop, which was, we talked about, you can't usually hear bugles unless you stop. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of little things that you'll blow past if you're really, really focused on the objective, as opposed to like learning the process and learning more. Um, so that's, that's one of my big pieces of advice for you is, you know, transferring that to practically elk hunting is just really, really focus on the process and the skill side of it. 
Yeah. And one piece of coaching and, and uh, mentorship that you really provided for me is to not get too like emotionally attached to that result of like whether an elk will be on the ground this fall or not. And to find like uh, you helped me a lot in setting my expectations and defining success as just doing it just doing it is successful um, so, whether or not there's an elk on the ground. And I think that really helped take the pressure off for me mm-hmm. and just knowing that being out there is a huge win. Although deep inside, I'm, you know, I'm like, I'm, I'm a competitive person. I just, I was just like, really yeah, like you want it to happen like <laughs> to win. So deep inside, I'm like, yeah, I really want to, but just knowing that like being out there telling myself, like I'm learning that is equals winning. I'm becoming a better elk hunter, not necessarily have to put an elk on the ground. Yeah, uh, you can you can hold both those things in tension, right? You can right, really, right. really want it and still focus on learning, right? And that's, I mean, that's really what makes the best hunters, I think, because I really, really hope in 25 years, I'm still like, I'm just out here to learn. Right. Because right. it's really possible to go, like I know a lot of guys for fly fishing. This is one of my my things. I know a lot of guys in San Francisco that are big fly fishermen, um, Bay Area, right? And they, they pay oodles and noodles to go out five, 10 times a year. They show up with the guide. They want the guide tuned. They want the guide to tell them exactly what the bugs are. They want to go to the spot right on the X, throw the fly, pull the 22 incher out and they're back to work on Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's nothing, uh, there's nothing wrong with that. If you always plan on doing it that way, right? Because you're learning, you're not learning anything, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you're learning something, but you're not, you're not going to actually pick up the result. And I think it's, it's really easy to do that. And let me, my, my one liner on this is you will always be successful if you are focused on learning because you will always learn something, right? <laughs> you will not always be successful. Elk hunting. Mm-hmm. Uh, fact, 10% of guys get an elk every year, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if you're, you're the level of detail you've put into this and work you've put into this and, uh, you you probably have 20, 30% odds, but that's still, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50, who knows? Mm-hmm. That's still one and two, right? Um, yeah. It's, it's low. So I think if you, like the biggest benefit of that learning mindset is if you frame it that way, you're always going to be successful and be excited and happy, right? Like I remember the year I drove away, uh, drove away from not getting with elk, right? Mm-hmm. I, that I still to this day say that's one of the best, best years I've ever hunted. That's right. Yeah. Why was it the best year, even though you didn't get one on the ground? I think I've asked you before, but I'd love to hear you like expand on it and share some yeah. more stories maybe. Or... And I remember the EXO guys asked me that one too. Um, I don't know if they put it in the podcast. I haven't listened to the end of part of it, but it's, it, for me, it was like the experiences. Like it was by far, I had the most encounters I've ever had that year. Mm-hmm. I had two of the craziest life experiences. We almost got our tent blown in by a snowstorm and almost got burned by the fire, which I think we've gone through that story. <laughs> Um, and it was like the first year my wife and I like truly hunted hard together. Wow. And, and we explored a bunch of new area that was really great. And like mm-hmm. those to be in new area, see a ton of elk, have an encounter or two or three or four a day. Um, like I, there's just nothing more. And I think above all, that was like the year I felt like everything really clicked. Mm-hmm. And I knew like I was super confident that I was doing a great job. Like I knew I was doing it right. It just the, you know, probably out of the 30, 40 encounters we had that week, which is an insane number for a week. Um, the five or 10 that actually got close, like all of them just had random luck come up. Hmm. Uh, and I guess I had the confidence to know that's just what it was. And just, and like, it's when you feel confident in yourself like that, you can just laugh. You're like, okay, it just happened. Right. 
Right, uh, right. So I think it was a combo of those two things, right? What was the closest encounter that you had? Oh man, there were like three or four that year. Um, probably the one that was like closest to something dying. I had uh, I had drawn at seventy two yards, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, five by five, standing there looking away from me, unaware of where we were. Um, and it was like ten mile per hour wind. Oh wow! And this yeah. is, we we'd been married like a month and I got married like a month and a half before and i'd started a new job three months before um and then the bow that i'd ordered in february didn't get there till august i'm making excuses Mm -hmm. long story short (laughs) this is how i learned the importance of tuning a bow i didn't have that bow tuned perfectly and i knew from sighting it in at the trailhead Mm -hmm. that i wasn't 100 percent confident where that was going at 70 yards yeah i knew it was probably six or eight inches to the left which is not that far but like little wind and that lack of confidence. I'm like, I'm just not doing that shot. Mm -hmm. But coming to full draw and just sitting there watching one, man, it's really hard not to just do something stupid. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a pretty, pretty cool experience. Wow. The discipline there. And then how did you feel after? Uh, Pretty deflated. (laughs) (laughs) I was really pissed. Um, I just remember. Yeah. I mean, I think no matter how well you prepare yourself mentally and that's, that's something that I always learned about this mental game. Cause I'd hear guys say it, I'd do the little thing I'd read the book, I'd do the mindset and then I'd have the same depth of reaction mm-hmm. every time something bad would happen. And I think that's another piece of advice with elk hunting. It's always going to have the same depth of reaction. You mm-hmm. can't control your emotions. Right. You kind of can, but you can't fully, but it's how you deal with that. It's not controlling the emotions. It's how you deal with them. Right. And so mm-hmm. heck yeah, man, I was like rock bottom, super, super bummed. Um, I think we were like, my wife and I were kind of yelling at each other a little bit, like not yelling, oh, wow. just like, come on, like uh, some of that, but it was, yeah, it was a really low moment for sure. Those always are, yeah. they're super low moments. Dang. So, um, well, we, we can cut this part out if it's too personal, but what did you guys yell about? Like, what was the issue? Oh, well, we, uh, the elk only, they were up in a little basin feeding yeah. on grass. It's like really early in the morning. We knew they went there every morning and there's only one strip of timber they can walk down. Mm-hmm to come back to where they want to go. And of course they're going to walk in the timber. It's, it makes them feel safe. And so I'd gone to the far side. She'd gone to the near side. Um, and I was basically super upset that she didn't set up and wasn't right there at like 30 yards. So I was shooting across the timber at that one. Mm-hmm. And so I was really upset that she hadn't like taken the initiative and had been there and taken that shot. Yeah. Gotcha. And I think I was overly harsh on her cause she's a new hunter. She's not super confident in her skills and moving forward and, you know, like for some pretty aggressive when I know I can be, um, mm-hmm. yeah. So there's a, there's a lot going on there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, emotions and everything. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's insane. That's crazy. Um, yeah. and you know, the talking about this learning mindset and the process oriented reminds me of, um, one time I, or a few times I've gone on the, these like 10 day meditation retreats and I remember the, yeah, that's first, hold on. That's hold on. You just breezed right through that. That's, that's, <laughs> Let's talk, let's go slow. 10 day meditation retreat. So what do you do on a 10 day meditation retreat? Yeah. So the alarm bell, the gong goes off. I'm going to lose some listeners here, but the gong goes off at like 4am and then on the schedule, you meditate for 10 hours. Most people probably do six to 10, depending how many naps you take. And then you go to sleep at 10pm and then you repeat every day for 10 days and you can't look at anyone or you don't talk to them. Yeah. I remember you telling me that and I was like mind blown. So 
for guys that are listening, yes, I'm rigging the game a little bit. If Josh can meditate and not talk to someone for 10 days, then he's probably going to do just great solo backcountry <laughs> archery hunting. But anyway, continue. I okay. wanted to get that out there because that's not like a, <laughs> that's, that's like a, oh yeah, I rode across the Atlantic Ocean and yeah, just, just keep, keep going. All right. But yeah, my first uh, retreat I've done. Um, so actually there's an exception to the talking rule for every day at lunchtime. If you want, you can sign up to talk to a teacher and you can ask a few questions. Maybe you have like three to five minutes to ask a few questions. And so my, you know, I'm super curious, always ask a bunch of questions. So they want uh, maybe day two or three, basically the point of the meditation was whether you have pleasant feelings in your body or unpleasant. So whether it feels good or you have pain, a lot of times you're sitting for so long, you have pain in your knees or back. They said not to um, try to push it away, just accept whatever you're feeling right now mm-hmm. and not to have like, let that desire, like uh, give you suffering, basically uh, discontent or dissatisfaction. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went up to the teacher during uh, that question time and I said, Hey, they said not to have desire, but like, how are you supposed to go through normal life and have goals if you don't have any desires? Mm-hmm. And he said, it's not that he said, uh, do you like chocolate? And I was like, yeah, sure. I like chocolate. And he said, uh, so you desire chocolate. And I was like, yeah. And he said, but if I don't give it to you, are you going to be depressed? And I was like, no, I'm not. And he said, then that's okay. It's okay to want things, but don't anchor like your well being on having that thing or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of like if we are only happy when it's sunny, then every day it rains, we're going to be miserable. And we anchor our, our happiness and our satisfaction on external things rather than just accepting what is. Yeah, um, that's, that's amazing. Yeah, and there's a lot of that. I mean, I think I've obviously talked a bit about my religious background, there's a lot of that in a, in a lot of cultures, Christianity, um, Judaism, a lot of, that's a very, very, you know, it's the, it's not what it's how. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a really, really good one. I think it also ties in well with, uh, like that's very much elk hunting. Cause I think reframing bad events is like the art, one of the arts of the mental game there. Right. Yeah. It's, It's, that's exactly what you're doing. You're saying, no matter what this is, if you change it, so if you just say, oh man, this thing happened, this is horrible, it's ruining my trip, I can't control it, what a horrific event, or you frame it as like, this thing happened, um, this is awesome, it's going to make me harder, I'm going to get stronger, I'm going to learn from it and be better next time, like, mm-hmm. this is great because I've truly learned this lesson, like, those are those two mindsets will like drastically change the way you interpret something, and I think with that, like you're saying, if there's pain, or no pain, you're, you're framing it the same way. You're like, okay, this is good, but it's an input, right? Mm-hmm. It's not. Yeah. A, and that first step is like result. accepting, like, like, like you said, like accepting what is, and then gaining something from it instead of like, just like being frustrated that it happened, even though it's already in the past, there's like nothing you can do to change. Yeah. Um, but yeah, how did you guys reframe that situation, you know, with the 72 and being frustrated then the argument and like, yeah, after recovering from it. Yeah. And to be honest, I think at that point in time, like, we hadn't like, this is something I've kind of figured out over the past two or three years. So it wasn't something that I'd nailed down yet. So I don't think we stepped back and said, Hey, let's reframe it. But I think we'd in that one, the way we kind of subconsciously did it was after the breather, you know, after the, the like 10 to 30 minute period for you to get your mind, right. Eat a little food, food is mood. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about this drink and eat. Yeah. Um, we were like, wow, this is, uh, we just need to step back. We have a situation here where we now know exactly what these elk do every year in the same spot. And like, that's a gold mine. And it's been so true every si- single year we've been in that spot and they're always in that area. 
Mm -hmm. Um, and like that knowledge of now knowing that is incredible. And I've passed on an elk, um, a shot doing that same thing. Um, a small, small bull, like day two or three, um, Margaret got within 20 yards of a cow and didn't take the shot. She was scared of a branch, which I was proud of, but almost got one there. So it ended up being an incredibly positive thing to like have that happen to us. And now we know where to go. Um, but it was in the moment. Yeah. It, it stinking hurt. Yeah. Um, I think in winning in my, with winning in mind, Lanny talks about, uh, three phases to everything. There's like the anticipation phase, mm-hmm. the action phase, and then the reinforcement phase. Yep. So if you take a shot with the arrow, like you anticipate it, you shoot it. But if it goes bad, it, it's very easy to let our minds like slip into like, like deteriorating our self-image by saying like, oh, I messed up. Like, why did I do that? All this stuff. Yeah. So yeah. What advice would you have for reframing during that last phase after the action's taken place? Yeah. Well, I think... I, I think if you respect the animal and you, I was reading that, I'm still reading that Saxon Pope um, book and he had a great, great quote. I'll have to go look it up, but it was something along the lines of you know, the reward of the chase to a true hunter is the sum of the effort it took. Mm. Something like that, right? It's That's very concise paraphrase. But <laughs> uh, it, it's so true. And I think if you're respecting the animal and you're respecting that effort involved i think you're just like yep that's it's even crazier than i thought and for me that's always it i'm like wow these elk are just truly man this is going to be hard but like think about how awesome it's going to be when i get an elk down and like that's um Mm -hmm. that's something that i always i'm always thinking about is like envisioning or visualizing that that moment when you get one down and every time something goes bad i kind of reframe it as like hey they're good. They know what they're doing, but like, I'm going to get one. And I'm, when I get one, I'm going to be like twice as happy. I got one now. Cause man, that's incredibly difficult. Yeah. It's kind of like, uh, <laughs> I used to, when me and my friends would for some go on a hike or for or some reason we had a long day and, and we're all starving before the meal. Mm-hmm. Like every moment that we have to wait for the food, I'm like, it just makes it way better. Do you, do you oh, think yeah. there's something weird about like endurance athletes or people who do bow hunting who are kind of like, mm-hmm. like, <laughs> it's not like they like the pain, but when the suffering, but it's like, they know it makes something them better or like, there's a weird yeah, chip missing in our brain, but <laughs> totally. Well, no, it's leaning into it's, it's like I said, it's reframing that pain. It's seeing suffering as an opportunity, mm-hmm. right? Like if you were, let me back up. If you're suffering, you're alive. That's mm-hmm. a really good starting point. You can feel something. That's another great starting point, right? Like, yeah. Two, you are learning something because if you're suffering, something's going wrong. Your your brain is picking up on something, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you're building character, right? You are becoming a better person. Your body is going to react positively. You know, not always, but like you're, th- things are getting better whenever you, you find suffering. So if you tie those two together in your head, yeah, it's potent. The number one, the only activity outside of business they've ever been able to correlate success is endurance athletics. Hmm. Um, and that that's just largely because of that mindset, I think. But anyway, back, you know, we're talking more about elk hunting because I get super excited about this and go on tangents, right? But I mean, you're going to see this fall, you're going to see some crazy stuff. Like just like I was right before this, I just jotted down on a post-it note and I'm holding it. Like, what are some of the things I saw? And like, I was like limited to 30 seconds. And here's the list, right? Exhaustion, dehydration, snow, fires, fights with a partner. We talked about broken equipment, missed shots, blown opportunities, dead spells, nothing moving, 
white elk, tons of other hunters, predators. Like that's my 32nd list of things that I've seen, right? Mm-hmm. There's going to be like so many of these individual things that pop up and it's impossible to just like mentally surmount all of those with like, oh, no big deal, right? You've got to have a mental game to push through that stuff because pushing through is what makes successful elk hunters, like full stop. Yeah. So when one of those things happens, I, I know I'm going to be bummed. I, I just know I'm going to be emotionally like, dang it. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be disappointed. I'm going to be sad. I might be hopeless, depressed, whatever emotions I feel. Um, and I guess sometimes you do have to just sit through it and like acknowledge it and be aware that like you're feeling this way. But what are some ways you found maybe in the last year have been really helpful for you? Like when you're at that emotional low during the hunt? Yeah. And I think this is a lot like, what's the best piece of gear for me, right? My favorite yeah. question ever, where it's like, it's a hundred percent individual and it's based on your context, right? What's good for you might not be good for someone else. And I think that's very similar with the mental stuff. And that's why it's hard to give like carpet statements. But mm-hmm. you know, for me, I know I'll just I'll get real personal because that's the only thing I can do here. Um, I, ne- I always negatively react to change, probably worse than most people. I really don't like it. I'm a pretty structured guy. And so <laughs> I've just learned that about myself, no matter what I do, I'm always going to have a really negative reaction. But one of the biggest learnings for me is that I just let that happen. Like I can, I can step out of myself and watch it happening. And I'm like, you know what, like the next hour, you're going to be really upset and just like go with it and just come out the other side of it. And so for me to learn to step back and just let it happen, because it's like you talked about earlier, if you fight it, Mm-hmm. it's worse because then it gets yeah. your self-image it gets into whatever it is but just not fight it um i've got tactics that work for me i might recite scripture i might go hang out for a minute go eat might move uh, movement always helps me to do some yeah. other stuff um just go sit down uh but just taking that moment i think is great and i think with elk hunting that's a really powerful one because a lot of the time something happens and it blows the op and then you're like oh man i gotta go find another one mm-hmm. and like you can uh, you can blow yourself out in a day or two of that kind of effort at altitude. Like it's really easy to burn out. And so I think the biggest one for me personally is just go take a minute and just learn to like, let it pass. What was the most frustrated or like, what was the strongest negative emotion that you felt during a hunt? Like what happened? Oh man. (laughs) That's Josh with the questions. That is a brutal one. Um, What's like the most frustrated you've ever been? I think I think the most frustrated I've ever been, this ties in with last week's really well. Um, I'm not doing this intentionally. It's just true. The, the most frustrated I've ever been was like minute 15 of tracking my first elk. Okay. Because I thought I'd made a bad shot. And I had. I mean, I'd hit one lung and it fortunately had gone through a nicked an artery yeah. um, on the back. And I thought it was, I was not going to find it. Mm. Uh, that's the single worst feeling I've ever had an elk or in hunting of any sort. Yeah. Um, so what, what happened? So 15 minutes you, you've been looking at blood or could you find the blood? Yeah. So I went and I hung out for 30, 45 minutes. Um, yeah. Cause I thought I, I thought it was a decent shot, but then I walked up after the 45 minutes again, why well, I like to go up right when I shoot. Cause I walked up after 45 minutes and I was like, where exactly? And I spent like five or 10 minutes walking around and that thing didn't bleed once. Oh my Not goodness. once, because it was a high shot, right? Shoot yeah. high, watch him die. He went down 80 yards from where I shot him. Mm-hmm. Incredibly close, but not a drop of blood. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I just kept doing laughs circling out. And um, 
just after a while, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not going to find this elk. And that was two things, right? One, it's upset about hurting an animal and it knowing that thing was maybe suffering and yada, yada, yada. There's that, right? Yeah. Um, That's the, that's the like touchy feely side of it, which I'm not afraid to embrace like that, that hurts. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the other side is like, I put this much effort in all this stuff and I blew it because of that, right? Like that was the, the hardest probably easily the hardest moment I've ever had in elk hunting. Um, Dang. Yeah. And I think at that point too, like emotion ties with physical, right? And Mm -hmm. I was beat. This is day three. I've been solo. I've way too heavy on my gear. I was incredibly dehydrated, hadn't eaten well. You know, this first time up at, what was that? 11,000 feet. uh, And I hadn't been there. I came straight from sea level. Like I did almost everything wrong to set up my emotional (laughs) state for failure. And, uh, yeah, so that was easily the lowest point I've ever been on. I think. Dang. Oh, that's, that's intense. I am going to expect at some point I'm going to cry pretty hard by myself in the woods this, this fall. (laughs) Let's make that the opening quote. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, again, man, it was like, I just sat back down, ate, ate a bar and just like hung there for five or 10 minutes. And, uh, and then in my mind, I remembered, I was like, Oh, he crashed really loud through the Creek. Oh, right. And again, these are all fairy tale endings, right? I'm making, this is a lucky one. We're like, Oh, yeah. then it, sometimes it just doesn't work out. Right. Like it doesn't, but this time it did. And I remembered, Oh, he, you know, he, I remember him blasting through the Creek and I was like, the Creek's a straight line. I'll just walk up the Creek from here to here. Cause like, I don't have to remember exactly where he crossed. And I did. And I found one, one print that had a giant skid and was like really splayed out. And I was like, oh, that had to have been it. And it was pointing up the hill over here. I walked up the hill, got a whiff. And sure enough, that was him. And then what did you feel right when you saw it? Like the first moment you're like, that's my elk. Oh man. Yeah. That's Superman with the wind at his back, right? Like you're just, (laughs) you're off the planet. It's uh, that was a crazy moment. Dang. 10 minutes later you come down you're like "Uh oh now i gotta do this thing myself <laughs> <laughs> right 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 oh, yeah yeah so it's i mean there, it, there's those moments and you're like it's just gonna happen and that's part of the fun right yeah and i, I would also i had two guys reach out to me this week asking about like because we're now about a month out from season going mm-hmm. oh man hey like i want to get a tag in montana and this and i'm like brother like <laughs> you can only go to colorado at this point yada 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 and it was really clear they weren't willing to put in the left level of effort mm-hmm. um and what i'm trying to say is i don't judge them like or don't judge yourself if that's not if that's you like i was like go hire a guide go do this go pay for that you like if you don't want to put in the level of effort like don't trick yourself um yeah i think that's something with elk hunting too everyone talks about this and like just just because this is the way they do it or the way we do it doesn't mean someone can't go out there and enjoy it in a different way. Right. For those two guys listening who sent those messages, sorry, got some tough love for you, but yeah. <laughs> the truth is the truth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I just, yeah. I mean, you haven't figured it out by this and the independent thing. I like, that's my favorite, just straight up. Right. Yeah. Um, I told him that just straight up. Like, this, this is it, man. <laughs> if you want to, if you want to cram and you want to go big, I'm here to help. Um, I will, but like, you got to know that you're going to light, light a fire that you've never lit before. Right. You know, Cause you got a month. Um, yeah. Crazy. So that's the, uh, another note on the reframing piece. Um, 
I think, uh, I, so I, this week I started a archery performance journal, which mm-hmm. I think is from when with winning in mind. Uh, yeah. Yep. And so he said, after each per- practice or each performance, ask yourself first, ask yourself what went well. So you start to build your self image of like, okay, these are the things I did well. Mm-hmm. Then after it's the second question is what did I learn yep. instead of like what went wrong or what mistake did you do? You know, yep. cause you don't want to re-anchor those things. Um, like That's, yesterday I shot like mostly nines and tens. And then one, I just totally torqued the bow and like, I missed the, the, the whole like target where I can, I mean, I hit the middle of the phone, but like not any scoring yeah, ring. Nothing. And I was like, Whoa, I have not missed the scoring ring in months. <laughs> yeah. I was like, how did that happen? But then I kept trying to reframe it. Like what did I learn? What did I learn? And uh, it's to let down. I just got to let down more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. Well, that's a really cool bit. Um, and it's something that that's was part of my like little notes I jotted here too, where it's, you know, a lot of guys are like, well, how do I become more focused on learning? Or like, how do I change my mindset and yada, yada, you know, like it's, it can be, I've been there. I've read the books. I've heard the cliches and I'm like, I don't yeah. feel different, mm-hmm. but he's doing a really cool thing there, which he's making you edit a behavior, which then modifies your mindset. Right. right? And so like when you're out elk hunting, um, I want you to do a few things. One, I want you to have a note file on your iPhone mm-hmm. or a notebook if you really want to carry it, but that's extra weight. So why do that? But everything you see, I want you to write it down and like learn from it, right? Yeah. Um, the other one we've talked about is every night uh, without fail, my wife or I, or if we're together, if I'm solo or whatever, we'll just flip the phone around and turn on the video and then just walk through the whole day. Yeah right? That's a really good one. Uh, we'll take photos of everything. Mm-hmm. It feels really stupid to take photos of sign or, or um, like random places at the moment. But then like two months later, you're like, oh, I really wish I'd taken a photo of that wallow or that. So like those three kind of habits, that's making you learn. It's, mm-hmm. make, it's enforcing a learning mindset because all you're doing is just gathering stuff, right? Um, so right. Learning. So that even if you struggle to change your mindset you're changing your behavior which then changes your mindset yeah it's like what you said earlier where they both kind of feed into each other Mm -hmm. um yeah so i'll yeah i'll definitely keep a note and write those things down the video i think will just be so fun to watch and we should save that audio and do like a breakdown or reflection of it uh during season or after season um yeah that that that's so smart yeah it's a good uh it's a good way to do it but yeah, I mean, I didn't, I didn't mean to interrupt. Is there anything else you wanted to hit on the, uh, on that that bit around, you know, just recording stuff? Um, I think it's some one part you mentioned to me on one of the earlier episodes about like having the goal to be a better elk hunter rather mm-hmm. than to have an elk down. Yeah, it's it kind of goes in line with everything we've been saying so far, which is learning is the number one goal, and that that I think gets you to your, to your long term goal rather than like just getting a short-term goal yeah exactly and i think that's uh, like nothing let me see if i can say this in a great way when, when i first started working uh, i was like year one or two of my job and we it was super super intense working around the clock and there was like a three-day project where i worked from like 9 a.m till like 2 or 3 a.m every morning three days straight to get this in mm-hmm. uh, and we got there and it was for a board of directors presentation at one of like a fortune 50 company and wow uh, five minutes before they're like, we're not using the example and I pulled it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, I mean, talk about 
demotivating, right? You're just like, oh dear goodness, like what's yeah. so I had a little freak out because I'm 22 and emotional management isn't, you know, you're not quite there yet. Mm-hmm. And uh, my manager pulled me aside and was like, listen, so he's going to use a very, very techie term, but we'll get to it. He said, there's no long term yield loss. <laughs> I was like, what the heck? The basic premise of that is there's no, everything is valuable in the long run. Mm-hmm. Right? He's like, yes, you didn't. It didn't work out now, but in six months, they might be revisiting that question. If they don't revisit that question in six months, you learn from this process. Mm-hmm. You don't feel like you learn from this process. Like they still got to see your name, right? So he's like, every little thing about something is valuable in ways you can never anticipate. You're not omnipotent or omnipresent. You don't have the ability to understand the future. Yeah. You know, and he was like, that's, that's how it goes. And so with elk hunting, I'd say the same thing, which is, yeah, you might walk out through your one and be lucky like me in a way, you know, I prepared really hard too, but like I got, let's be straight up. I got pretty lucky. Um, but if you're lucky like that and you didn't really prepare and it, you didn't learn much from it in the long run, you're going to probably be less successful versus the yeah. guy that might not get one his first year, but learned a ton and did that every year, all of a sudden years like three through 10, he's going to be pulling an elk every other year, every year, you know? Yeah. Uh, and that, so in the, I think that long run mindset too of, it's hard your first time elk hunting. So you're like, do I like this or do I want to do this for the rest of my life? But after day two of it, I was like, I want to do this the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> so if you've got that mindset, then it's like, okay, I'm, I'm focused on the 30 year horizon here. I'm not focused on getting something this year. Right. Yeah. 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 Such a good point. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's a lot of things, right? It's business, right? Public companies have to focus on getting stuff out in the next three months versus building stuff that's going to fundamentally change the world in two years. So there's, there's a lot of analogies for that, but I think that's, that's how I'd encourage you to do deal with elk hunting. Yeah. It's like that Steve Jobs quote. I think you said at a graduation speech where he's like, you can't connect the dots. Wait, Mm -hmm. what did you say? Moving looking forward you can only connect them looking, looking back backward yep and yeah, everyone does yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the other yeah. thing i learned is that advice is uh advice is relative right i've been very fortunate in that role like run across some people ceos of those fortune something companies and they gave me advice i'm like oh my gosh this guy's a one of the top 50 ceos in the world he gave me advice it must be the best thing and it took me two years to realize that advice was absolutely horrible <laughs> and the reason being is that it was for him and his situation and that was not right. my situation at all right and they're like you absolutely need to do this and go get that degree and do this thing and i'm like no 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 that's so um i think yeah it's, it's kind of the same deal right Where yeah and i know there were uh, two other topics you wanted to cover but one um is this a good time to talk about visualization yeah. Yeah. That's a great, that's a great one. I think it, no mental game discussion is complete without visualization, right? That's one of the hottest topics right now. Did you, yeah. that's probably in all three of the books you read, right? Uh, yes. Visualization is a big part of it. Um, and my question, actually, maybe we could back up for a second for people who've never heard about visualization, don't know what it is. Uh, how would you describe it? Uh, yeah, I'm not going to have a great technical version of it, but it's basically um, envisioning or painting the picture in your mind of the outcome you want, Mm -hmm. right? So if it's, I think the great example for me is when I was training for the triathlon stuff, just picturing myself finishing the, going across the the finish line. And the more granular and detailed you get, the better, you know, like the way your foot hits the ground, the way your running form is, the way your parents smile at you or your significant other, you know what I mean? All that stuff. Um, There's been, oh, we're going to, 
do a disservice to visualization. There's been decades of research that show when people think about something and envision it, they do so much better at tasks um, if they hadn't. Yeah, hundred percent. And um, did you also visualize parts of the run that were going to be really hard, like, or did you just visualize the finish line? Yeah, um, I th- I've definitely done that a lot more with the mountain biking side because there's parts mm-hmm. you used to race downhill, which is a pretty aggressive sport, and they're tough, tough areas. Um, and I've used like, I think whenever you visualize something negative, you have to be really careful. Yeah, and for me, it was like envisioning a clean entry or exit to like a very intense situation, like uh, section of the trail, right? Gotcha. Um, so I've definitely used it for that, and that's been, you know, I didn't do it as much in triathlon because it's like just you know hold this heart rate for <laughs> six hours. But yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, and the, those moments like envisioning that, I think it's like the shot sequence bit we talked about for elk, right? Where mm-hmm. you, when you build a shot sequence, you can also build your vision of you shooting the elk because you now know the exact steps you'd go through when you shoot it right so like when i picture shooting an elk i don't picture me just pulling the trigger and and arrow going to elk i picture me (laughs) knock i'm I'm trying to think through my shot sequence here it's like knock arrow raise rest range check sight pull you know draw um push apart lower shoulder hit cheek you know like the whole sequence is part yeah, of yeah. how i envision that thing um mm-hmm. so it like lets me do that better yeah i think for physical performances they, they found visualization to be huge for for helping you uh handle the moments better um i used to do it for public speaking um even sales demos and then um i think there was a quote from a book where they said like the mind can't tell what's the difference between what's real and what's vividly imagined mm-hmm so that point you made about like as, as much detail as you can, what does it uh, sound like? What does it feel like? What does it look like? What does it smell like? Mm-hmm. And and then also doing visualization. Some people do it from a first person perspective versus third, like as if like you're watching yourself go down a roller coaster or like you're on the roller coaster going down the ride. Um, so there's a couple tips, I think. Uh, have you seen the movie Free Solo? Yeah. Yeah, really incredible, incredible mindset on Alex Honnold, that guy. Crazy. Like, I don't talk think about he even ever game, right? Yeah, I'd only ever seen him come out of it once in all the different videos and things I've watched, right? And that was that one time he uh, he climbed the half dome, right? And he was on the ledge there. That's the only yeah, time I've yeah. ever seen him come out of and himself. Like, yeah, yeah, which is incredible. That's I mean, that's insane because everyone else deals with that five or ten times a climb <laughs> <laughs> right right yeah. and he uh so if you haven't seen free solo alex honnold he climbed uh, el capitan in yosemite it's three thousand feet so three empire state buildings and he climbed it without a rope so at any point one mistake on that four hour climb and he'll fall to his death uh best analogy i heard is like having someone having to shoot 100 free throws in a row and but if you miss one you die it's like crazy mental control and he talked about visualization in an interview and the guy asked him how much of it was negative versus positive, like thinking about positive things, movie, like success versus like mistake. Mm-hmm. I forgot what he said, but it was a vast majority like positive, but he still had some visualizations where he would visualize himself making a mistake and then falling to his death, which yeah. is really morbid and scary. But uh, he also visualized being very fearful and like nervous, but then calming down and making the right move. So yeah. whole spectrum. Well, I think there's, uh, you know, there's things you can do to, and that's a good 
want to transition into. Like there's things you can do ahead of time to prepare yourself mentally. Mm-hmm. That's probably the last kind of thing to to leave guys with. But the uh, you know one of those is the visualizing bit, right? You can think through. Like I do think it's really positive to visualize negative scenarios before you go. Mm-hmm. It was like we talked about. What am I going to do when I'm dehydrated? What am I going to do yeah. when I'm exhausted? What am I going to do if you know, my, this piece of equipment breaks, you know, what if I do, if I blow this shot or something, because the odds are, you now know the situations you're in. And when you visualize them, they're going to have less of an effect the next time around. Right. Right. And so it does help, I think a a bit to just sit there and go like, what are all the things that could go wrong? Right. Mm -hmm. And if you tell yourself, it's not a big deal now, when you're in the moment in the heat of the moment, you're going to be like, Oh yeah, I've seen this before. I've thought about this. It's not big of a deal. Right. So I think that's a really that's a really productive use of visualization too. Yeah, totally. So I guess it would be like, what are some scenarios you'd say, like if I were to spend some time doing visualization, like what are some scenarios you you say I should think through now? Um, Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, uh, I think the biggest ones around physical fitness and then like the tactics. Yeah. So if you were, you're just thinking through the moment of like, I'm tired, I'm beat, I'm absolutely whooped. And like, I need to go do this, mm-hmm. right? Like thinking, I think the biggest one for me is, so we've all been there, right? You've been hunting. It's like day two or three, or it's the end of a long day, whatever it is. And there's like one more hill and you hear birds up there that are, you know, like chucker coming at you or you're elk hunting and you hear one over a ridge, excuse me. And you, you go, ah, oh, I'm just too tired and I don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and I think like, that's a really good one to think through because I guarantee you one week later, we talked about this in the fitness one, one week later, you're going to hate yourself for not doing yeah. it. <laughs> right? yeah. And so thinking that through now, like that gives me a lot of, like when I'm having a tough workout these days, I think through that. I think, man, remember that one stinking time you didn't go in after those elk on that, when there's three of them in that canyon bugling. I remember the exact moment like yesterday and every single time, like 30 seconds goes off at running pace and I'm like, cause I'm just like pissed, you know? <laughs> uh, and so I think, thinking through those scenarios of like, what would be something that I would not do because I'm too tired or physically drained, right? Yeah. A really good one to think through. So I guess one I should visualize is like, I should feel, uh, imagine in my head, feeling very tired, seeing the sweat, smelling the sweat on me, hearing my breath, and then feeling what it feels like, imagining to feel what it feels like to be like, no, I don't want to go. And then deciding to go. Yeah. 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 Uh, and totally. how sucky it's going to feel, but how great it'll be at the end. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I yeah. think there's a fine, I would also think about what that line is. Cause right. one of the biggest things I'll say to guys that are coming like me, that are coming from sea level is like, you can never be fully prepared for elevation. Mm-hmm. So just thinking about what's, what's the, like, there's going to be a set number of situations where you're like, I am going to go no matter what. Mm-hmm. There's a set number where you're like, I'm going to go if, and then there's a set number where it's like, Mm-mm, not worth it yeah and so you know there's a fine line between mental strength and burning yourself out right? yeah yeah and uh that's that's a hard one so you know if you can for me i visualize hey it's day another big one i'll do and we've talked about this with you is like cowboy right what do you want mm-hmm. um and i have very very clear visualizations of that i'm like cow i can see the cow walking and it's day one i've got the pack i'm fresh i'm still like showered you know what i mean mm-hmm. <laughs> and i'm like full draw and i'm like should i and like, I think through that and I'm like this year, no answer. No strong. No. Yeah. Right. Um, but I think thinking that's a really good one to envision is what are you going to do in the moment when 
a bull, you know, a cow walks by, when a bull that small walks by, when a bull that size walks by, you know, to know right. in your head what's going to happen. Right. So then that way in the moment, you're already prepped for it. Yeah. You're just you ready. what to do. Yeah. Yeah. Ready for that me, moment. any bull, any cow. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> Josh is, uh, Josh wants some meat. <laughs> yes. I want some meat. Just not yeah. a calf. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, honestly, it's really, it's funny how we all have that natural aversion to, to that. But yeah, it's, it's one life for not nearly as much meat, you know? Yeah. But yeah. So I, I think those are all really good uses of, of visualization and it, with this too, you know, visualization is one way to prepare, but I'll get back on my soapbox about the gear and the other stuff. It's like, I, I think the more you spend time now, you got one month, the more you spend time now doing things so that you don't have to think about them in the field, the better. Yeah. And that can be everything from like clearing your email out and sending an out of office message to um, making sure that you've packed every bag of food already so that you can just grab a gallon Ziploc for each day and you're done, right? right. Um, to making sure your batteries are totally set in your garments when you're out there. You're not like, oh man, I'm like a 60% battery. And that's kind of always in the back of your mind taking up mental space, right? Mm-hmm. So like the more, I'll, you know, I've, I get crap for checklists and organize this. And it's like, no, nah, man, you're just out there having fun. You're hunting. It's vacation. I'm like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? Like when I get out there, I don't want to think about this. I don't want to, go, oh crap, I forgot that thing. I don't want to be tired because I forgot, didn't bring enough food. You know, I want to like get out there and like forget everything. Yeah. What would you, what would you think is uh, some of the, like, what would you think are a few examples of that? I know you mentioned the food, but like, what are some lessons you learned in, in your first year that you didn't repeat later? Um, yeah. The prep stuff. Um, wow. One of the biggest ones is not enough spots marked out. Oh. Yeah, I think I was so confident huh. in that first spot I was at. Uh, it just looked so perfect on the the map and all that stuff. I'm like, oh, it's good. And then, uh, you know, I got lucky and ended up getting one out of there. But, you know, two-thirds of the way through that, I'm like, oh, this is not the spot. And there's no elk. And so I'm like, oh, man, now I've got to go scout. I've got to go do this. That's going to burn a half a day, you know, a yeah. day. Like, so little things like that, you know, that can be a real stressful one because when you get back to ground zero and you don't even know, like if you're going to, the example we just used, you hear an elk over a ridge, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't even know where your neck's going to go or check for elk, the idea of like saddling back and up, back up and going to do it is really hard. Cause you're like, Oh, I don't even know if there's good odds over that ridge over there. First right. thing you scouted and you know, exactly you've marked the wallows, the rivers, the basins. And you're like, Oh, I, I really want to go see that ridge over there. Your level of motivation and your mental state is going to be far better. Right. 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 That makes sense. Yeah. So things, things like that. Right. And then gear, obviously, if you're not confident in your bow, like that 72 yard shot, I, I would have made that shot eight out of 10 times Mm -hmm. guaranteed. Like it's, it was still very much within decent range, but just that little seed of doubt, uh, for me personally, I'm like that. If I had that seed of doubt, I'm never shooting, but it also, even if I was convinced I wanted to shoot that, that can lead to a really bad shot, right? You just don't want that doubt in your head. Right. Um, so prepping, you know, you've, you've shot what thousands of arrows already, which is great. Yeah, that's, that leads to a level of confidence that just keeps your head in the game. Yeah. 
I've been getting really obsessed with archery. It's such a beautiful sport. I'm I'm now convincing myself that my ancestors were archers in China. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can I can uh, save you a little time and tell you that all our ancestors were archers at one point. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> no matter what race or place you're from. So yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely definitely a pretty impressive thing. But I mean, maybe to to wrap some of it up and. If you've got other thoughts, let's definitely hear them. I'm not trying to trying to cut anything off, but you know, I think that your mind is your weapon, right? The rest of it's semantics. Mm-hmm. And so, if you uh, you have a weak a weapon that's going to break after one use, or it's not going to refresh, or it's not durable, like you'd never take that bow into the field. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the same thing with your mind. And so, I think those little kind of tips and tricks we talked about: read a book, you know, make sure you focus your gear. Um, envision some of the different things you're going to do, you know, have that learning mindset, like those will, that's, that'll make you really effective. Right. Yeah. I think, I feel like that stuff, this is the stuff that doesn't get talked about enough, but will put you like years and years ahead of other people um, just with your well being and like your growth and development. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it's easy because it's, we all want the fast fix as part of our culture. Like we want it quick and easy. And, uh, you gear quick and easy. Like if I, you know, if you know, I've spent a hundred hours researching something and I tell you which one, um, as you've joked about the last two weeks, you're like, I just go look at your list and I buy it, but it's like, <laughs> that's really easy to do. Right. And then you have mm-hmm. the best piece of gear out there. Uh, same with, you know, a lot of other things. Like there's a varying levels of ease at doing this stuff. Uh, but mental stuff is always going to be really hard and it's going to take a long time. Um, and so just investing in that is it's always a reward. And, that's the coolest thing about all kind to me is the lessons I've learned here. Just they apply everywhere to work, yeah. to personal relationships, to just all this stuff. So it's, there's no, <laughs> there's no long-term yield loss, right? There's no, nothing that's not valuable if you're, yeah. if you're doing this stuff. Yeah. And I think that's why we get along really well. We're both like lifelong learners. Like we're both just like always wanting to learn more. And so, yeah, yeah it's, it's super fun to, to see it like play out in all different areas, like work, life, elk, uh, personal relationships like you said everything so lifelong learners um dedicated to the process yeah yeah and this has been a cool podcast we've got a little off script and just kind of t- talked about some stuff that's that's interesting and i think it's a it's a good one two for this phase and where we're going with the site and the podcast where it's going to start to phase out of you know this season it was me just giving you the dump of all my ideas and everything i've learned after five years of super intense learning right mm-hmm. um and I think we, we're going to try to actively you know, move this towards, hey, what are we learning and learned this season? And also to go get mentors that are far better than me in a lot of areas. Because uh, one of the greatest lies you can ever tell yourself in life is you're the best. You know, that's yeah. it's just, it's very <laughs> rare, right? Right. Um, and I'm so far from that in so many areas. And so I think it'll be really cool to, you know, we'll learn a ton this year and then we'll come back and go find you and me because I trust me, these guys will teach me a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, some really cool mentors and just pick their brains uh, yeah. for, for an hour each, you know? Uh, so that's, it's going to be a really fun transition period here for the podcast and the content. Yeah. I'm super excited for that. Uh, we've got, I mean, Baxter, have a lot of different people that we've, we're reaching out to and having conversations with planning ahead. So yeah. it's going to be a fun one. And those reflections during season after season, that's going to be some meaty stuff too. It's going to be good stuff. Yeah. And if you guys are listening to this and they want, there's someone they think we should talk to or there's somewhere, something they want us to go check out, let us know. Cause uh, that's part of the, 
you know, Josh and I were talking about why did you start this? What are you doing the other day? I'm losing money on this thing. <laughs> 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 Lots of, you know, like I'm not, but one of the big reasons is to have a platform for me to be able to go reach out to some of the experts and just learn. So if there's guys you're like, I would want to talk to this guy one-on-one, like let us know and we'll, we'll do our best to go get those guys. Yeah. Um, that'd be awesome. Podcast. So it'll be, be really, really cool. Um, well, anything else, Josh, any parting thoughts from the books or anything you, we totally missed? Uh, last thought would be, I would love to see if you like this podcast, if you could subscribe or <laughs> leave us a review. I think those things really do help. Um, so, and I know you're out there, there are people talking to us, uh, on email and whatnot. So would seriously really appreciate it if you just take the few seconds and put a five star, or write, write a nice comment. Uh, I think it helps gets our, our word out there. Yeah, absolutely. That's, uh, if you like what we do, we'd appreciate it. That's all there is to it. Um, and I love like a lot of, to your point, it's so many people have reached out recently because we've been asking for it and it's so cool, man. That's our, that's another big reason I'm doing this is like just to meet guys and listen to their stories. Um, so there's no, nothing too small, just to shoot me a message or shoot and it'll get to Josh too. Super, yeah. super fun. A couple of lonely hunters here in California. We don't, there's not many of us out here. <laughs> <laughs> Holding down the fort and trying to convert yeah. people. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a good time. All righty. Well, I think we'll, uh, we'll wrap it there for this week and uh, stay tuned for some cool last minute ones before season.